Hello and welcome back. This is Dr. Ron with Impact Ministry. This is an Impact Moment podcast edition, bringing you revelatory biblical commentary while you do life. Thank you for meeting with me today. Please take a moment and subscribe to this podcast. Now, got a special guest on today. We have Prophet Jim Leonard. Now, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with with Jim and be a part of his life. And uh, he has quite a testimony. And we're talking today about faith. Now, faith is a huge, huge topic. So we don't know where this is going to go. That's what we love about podcasts. But we're going to open up in prayer. And then I'll introduce Jim and we'll just uh, introduce the uh, subject matter. So, Father... We pray that you bless the teachings and discussion of your word today. May the listeners be instructed in righteousness and equipped for life. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lead us and co-labor with us to bring about kingdom purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Jim, what, what do you think about just when you hear the word faith just in in general as a believer you know when when you hear the word faith what comes to mind what scriptures come to mind well of course the the main one that comes to mind is is this faith is substance hope for that it's a thing's not seen and uh that is i guess that's the main one that comes to mind uh my thoughts on faith have changed uh, I've been a, I've been a Christian now since 1976, so this is going on for uh, 44 years now that mm. I've been a Christian, and uh, my thoughts on faith have changed, I guess, quite a bit in the last few years. Uh, I think, from my from my experience, faith can be put on to a person almost like a burden, mm. like it is. It is up to us to get everything that we need by our belief, by our faith. And I, I know in my own life, it became like a work, just like the law. If I didn't get healed, it's because I didn't have enough faith. And there are, there are truths in that, but it's not in the way I thought it was. And uh, that's the things that's been developing over my life in the last several years. And uh, just the way I look at what he means by faith, uh, you know, when Jesus thought about it and how it's been taught uh, to me personally. And I'm, you know, it's like, well, if you, you know, if you're not healed, it's because you don't have enough faith, mm. things like that. But yet Jesus said that it takes the faith of a grain of mustard seed to move a mountain. Yeah. So does that mean my faith is smaller than a grain of mustard seed? Right. Uh, those kind of things. Or, you know, why can't I overcome these situations? That thing. So that's kind of how I have started looking at faith and what it means. Uh, I don't think it is hard to have faith as we have made it out to be. Actually, I believe it's far easier to have faith than we ever imagined. It's just that I think that the... The devil, basically what it is, has gotten into the church, and he has stolen uh, and changed our minds or made it where it was almost impossible uh, to believe for anything. 
So that's kind of where my, my take is. I probably answered that question a lot more than what you were expecting it, but just uh, came out of the blue, so I'm just uh, telling you what I think. No, I love it. And you know, that's the beauty of podcasts. What I'm, what I'm finding on this journey is just the informal discussions. Um, my baby brother, Jay, who helps out in our church, Global Church, he he uh, he encouraged me to do a podcast because he said, Ron, people like to feel like they're included in on a discussion. That's what he said podcasts are about. And so, you know, people like to listen to discussions and feel like they're included on it. And I wanted a podcast that was really informal where we could just talk about things from the heart. So, so yeah, let's just keep sharing, sharing from the heart. Um, you know, when I think about faith, it, it began with me many years ago. Um, you know, you pray this prayer at age 11, you know, in my situation. You pray this prayer, and, and you just know that something miraculous happened. Um, I remember the uh, Holy Spirit letting me know in my heart um, when I got saved, after I got out of the station wagon, walking up to the house, because my pastor actually dropped me off. Uh, from church he was the senior pastor and he he would give me rides home because I was best friends with his son you know talk about divine appointments but one day on the way home he was dropping me off and he said hey would you like to pray and accept Jesus as your savior now I understood what that meant because I'd heard him preach about it and so I said yes I'd love to do that and so I prayed with him and tears began to flow down and that's why you know, it's it's never too young to pray with your children because they have they have revelation of things beyond what we sometimes can predict. Um, so if they're ten, if they're eleven, you know, the age of accountability, which is the theological term for it, that comes on at different ages for different kids. I mean, you probably agree with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there I was, and I prayed that prayer. And that's, that's when my faith, my walk with Jesus began. Now, a lot of ups and downs from age 11 <laughs> to, you know, to age 45, a lot of ups and downs, but you see how the Holy Spirit walks with us, puts the right people in our path, puts the right people in our lives so that we can continue to grow in grace and in knowledge, two areas that are very important to continue growing in grace and knowledge. So, yeah, faith, man. We could talk all day about faith. I want to throw a scripture out there and see if we can break this down a little bit more for our listeners. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Verse 2, this testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Now, that's a New Living translation. You might have a different, you might have King James or something different. You got a, you got a different uh, translation for us, Jim? Yeah, I do. Just uh, hold on one second. Yeah. Surprise me here, but I have, uh, I have read different uh, versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, I'm actually in, um, I'm on the uh, Passion Translation. Oh, I love it. 
I do too. It is just so good. And uh, somebody is hitting Hebrews from me. <laughs> so here we go. So Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith brings out our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Mm-hmm. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Mm-hmm. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read just one more one more in here. It says, Faith empowers us to see mm-hmm. that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen wow wow beautiful yeah and then you know the original king james now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report man that whole chapter just preaches itself it does you know, it, it really does. does it's it's beautifully written um you know, you know I, uh, go ahead. I was going to say there was a scripture I wanted to uh, bring up. It's in Romans. It says, it says uh, that we walk by faith and not by what we see. Mm. And the uh, uh, the letter, and I, keep, I don't know which, uh, which chapter and verse that is, but I know it's in Romans. Yeah, I know that this is something that I have used since I was a very young Christian, probably since I was my first year as a Christian, something I learned because as we know that we get tossed about by our senses and uh, the word, the word that says by what we see, hmm. basically, that word see is actually means senses. Nice. So it has to do with our five physical senses, what we feel, taste, touch, see, hear. And uh, so it's the evidence of things not seen okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when it comes to it it's like when i have a bad day or things are going it doesn't look like god loves me uh he's not around it looks like the whole world is coming undone my whole world is coming undone and it's just a feeling yeah there's not any evidence to it it's you know we all, all go through these things our emotions is basically what i'm talking about Mm-hmm. And I started quoting that scripture. I walk by faith, not by what I see, or not by what I feel. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. God's word does not change. Mm-hmm. And that has got me through so many trials, uh, gotten things into being uh, that, I mean, it's innumerable. And just that simple little scripture has meant a lot to me. So, when we get saved, it says the, that God gives us a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. And God is not stingy. No. He gives us more than enough faith. Yeah. So Amen. it goes back to that mustard seed. I believe we all have at least mustard seed worth of faith. It's up mm-hmm. to us to grow it and, and to plant it. But how do we grow it and how does it get bigger? I think mm. a lot of it is grown by our experience. Yes. So I can go back and look in my life, and it says this, it, it, it tells us to the Bible, the Word says for us to go back and look at our testimonies in the past. When has God came through in your life? I can honestly say every time that I have had an issue in my life, good, bad, whatever it is, 
God has always come through. Yeah. I know that I have been in times where I just felt like, like the whole world is going to fall in on me. But God always met me and always brought me up. Mm. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that he says the righteous will never see his seed begging bread. Yeah. And that has been true. <laughs> There's been times where it seems like that's the next step. When we moved up here to the Northwest, we traveled from we traveled from uh, uh, Florida. I moved up here without a, without a job, backed everything that we could into this trailer in a truck. That by the end of the trip, I was stopping about every twenty miles to replace the spark plugs mm. because I was blowing them out, and it was the most horrifying trip that I have ever been on. Uh, almost died uh, the first day out going down a mountain uh, there in uh, in uh, in uh, Tennessee. Uh, come up out of Georgia on the interstate, and you go down this one hill. And it's like a seven or eight degree hill, and the brakes went out on my truck, and I, I had my trailer. I was pushing behind me uh, was going all over the road, and I was standing on the brakes, and I got stopped at the end. I mean, just things like that, you know, and, and of course, when I got up here, I had a job within two or three weeks. And the reason that we came up here to begin with was by faith, because we believe God told us, or, you know, not in a word, but we were looking for a place that we could call home. Yeah. And this is where we found. Now, my wife, Cindy, as you, and you know, Cindy, has always been the one that has kind of uh, birthed into uh, into your impetuous for our next steps. And I have found through our, you know, 34 years of marriage to, to rely on that. And what I do from that, and I, if I'm in agreement, we step out. And then I know that it's, it's been my position as a man to bring those things to pass through my faith and everything else. And, and that's grown over the years. But that was in 1991 yeah. that, that we came up here. And we have seen God prosper us, bring us into it, heal us, do all kinds of miraculous things that we never thought possible. And now we see uh, in this time why he's brought us up here. And I have faith that uh, the reasons why those things are out there. You know, we've discussed this in detail before, so I won't bring up, but we see that uh, what God has done. God has brought us up here. It didn't seem like it was, but there were a lot of things that I need to get out of my life. God bring me in a position to uh, to have those things cleaned out of my life over time. And a lot of it is, is just built around faith. What did I believe? Why did I believe? And who do I believe? So, mm-hmm. It's all the faith journey is what it is. All the faith journey. Doing what you believe the Lord is telling you to do. Uh, and then you have that conviction in your heart the whole time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. This is great stuff. And, you know, this faith journey we're on, you know, you and I have talked so much about it. Uh, it's It gets developed over time. Um and, and sometimes we come into agreement with unbelief. I mean, unbelief, it hides behind doctrine. Yeah. You know, it hides behind the little subtleties of, of, uh, of what, how we develop our belief systems. Our, our yeah. belief systems 
are really geared towards encounter. Uh, much of what we believe is based off what we've encountered. You know, we've talked about healing a lot, and it's okay. You know, why am I so big on healing now? Well, because I've experienced it. You know, now I've, now I've witnessed it. Now I've seen it. I've experienced it. So it's a little bit easier to get on those topics. And so, you know, knowledge without encounter is, is religion. Knowledge with encounter, right, is, is uh, you know, you can have impact. You can actually teach from a perspective of having experienced it. Um, knowledge by itself, it puffs up. You know, that's... It, it makes us think we know something, but knowledge with experience, knowledge with encounter, uh, really pushes us into our faith journey. And uh, and so yeah, this this next this next verse of scripture, it really rocks my world because Jesus put out a video. I put out a video today. Faith activates. It's it's what the title of it is, and. Jesus had all these different encounters with people and he modeled what was possible. He modeled uh, how God reacts to sickness and disease. He modeled it because he came to reveal the Father. Now we over we overanalyze that statement when he would say, I came to reveal the Father. We're like, oh, that sounds amazing. Well, what's it actually mean? He just came to display God's characteristics and nature on the earth as he would react. If God walked in the room and saw that you were sick, how would God react to that? He would want to heal you. And what activates that healing is our faith. Now, there's lots of different variables. You know, sometimes we, you know, sometimes we just don't have enough faith for ourselves and we, we got to get other people involved. There's a process in many instances. But what's important to know is he revealed how God would react to it. So when Jesus arrived at the official's home, and this is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 23, this leader of the synagogue, he, his child uh, had died, and, and he wanted Jesus to come and, and restore his child. He wanted him to react to that situation. Now, what did Jesus do? He got there. But the first thing he did is he kicked out this noisy crowd. And I took a look at it and I said, why would, you know, you know Jesus, he's loving, he's kind. Why, why would he get there and his first reaction be, get out? Like that, those were his literal words in verse 24 of chapter 9 of Matthew. He said, get out. I took a look at it, Jim, and, and all it was was he had to get unbelief out of the room. He just had to get unbelief out of the room because they were already planning this young lady's funeral. And they were weeping, they were crying, and he came to restore her. He came to do a miracle. And so he just went ahead and said, I, you know, I need you guys to leave because I have to set this atmosphere of faith. It's amazing how even Jesus had to set an atmosphere of faith. Isn't that amazing? That I, said, I, I can't have unbelief hanging around here because that's what stops our miracle. In my opinion, you know, maybe that stops miracles more than anything else. But it's just that unbelief because Jesus told us. He, he says this right here 
in Matthew 21, 22. He says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. So talk a little bit about that. Well, let me, I want to, uh, let me extrapolate on what you're saying here. So in the gospels, there are two incidents where he says to two different people, he says, uh, he says, greater faith have I not seen in Israel. Mm. So what makes them, and if you look at those say, what was it in them that, had, that let them have great faith? Yeah. So the, one of them was the centurion, mm-hmm. and the other one is a Syrophoenician woman that, uh, that was not a, not a Jew. Neither one of them are Jews. Yeah. That was the deciding factor. So what makes that difference? Do you know what it is? What is it? They didn't know the law. They wow. had no concept of it. So the reason that they had great faith is because they believed he would. Mm. So That's good. What you, you say about the unbelief. I, you know, we, we talked many times, and I think the biggest problem that we have that we don't receive is because we disqualify ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't have the faith. It's that it's that somehow we have got it in our heads that that we get we disqualify ourselves that I'm not good enough. You know, I've got this thing that's wrong in my life. I need to get this. And what we've done is is we shut out. When it says that all that come to God must believe that. Number one, he's a good God, mm. and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. It does not say must come and must be perfect. Right. It just must be that he is God and that he's a good God, and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. Mm. So those are the things. And like when I was younger, I didn't have to deal with. I didn't have to deal with health issues and things like that. I was a young, strong, young man. But I had desires, you know, and uh, sometimes we're told that our desires are wrong. You shouldn't desire. At least I was, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it it came up. But, you know, these are another scriptures that I learned early on in life. It says, say, God gives us the desires of our hearts. Mm-hmm. The other one, and that's in Proverbs, and then Psalms it says that uh, uh, I just lost it in my head. There, it says that uh, that He directs the paths; He directs our paths. So lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Those two scriptures along with the one about uh, about faith, have been my guiding principle probably the majority, well, have been the majority of my life. Mm. And uh, because, for one thing, I learned uh, God gives you the desire. So that so what does that mean? He, he lets you have what you desire. Mm-hmm. But it's deeper than that. There's another layer. Yeah. He actually puts the desire in you yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. desires, and now we, we know that certain desires are in the flesh. So we're talking about those. Mm-hmm. Uh, a desire for a desire to, to, to feed your family, a good job, 
a wife, uh, a child, all those things are desires that are good and they're given by God. And if we commit our ways unto him, it says, acknowledge him, he will direct our path. He will direct our footsteps to go on those things. So I think the reason why those people were were thrown out uh, in their room is because they were so tied up in the law. Mm -hmm. And we we do the same things with Mm -hmm. God in our lives, and it kills our faith. Well... You know, last last night I yelled at my my uh, my wife, or I did this, or I said a curse word, or I did whatever. I mean, let's yeah. face it, flesh is, is is a lot of things that we could do, and whatever it is that is our weakness, it seems that's the thing that the devil says you can't. So we disqualify us. Well, I can't have mm. a new wife because mm. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've done this, or I can't get healed of that because, you know, I'm not perfect. All of those things have a tendency to disqualify us. Yeah. So what I have to is, it says the other, uh, one other scripture I've read, it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago, it says to act like an umpire or a judge to decide one way or the other. Mm. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And a lot of times when I make a decision, mm-hmm. I look at my heart. Yeah. And I say, do I have a peaceful feeling about this? And uh, my my current job, for example, and this is just the, not the, the, one of the bigger things in my life, as you know, I mean, I had all kinds of disqualifying thoughts. You're not good enough. You're smart enough. You're doing all those things. But yet God had given me that desire. God had brought it into me. And I had to stand on that for it to come to pass. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's been on every victory that I've ever had. And I think a lot of times, we as Christians, myself included, have given up on things because somehow I let it become disqualified and that doesn't mean it's the end of the world God brings other opportunities around but I think that we miss a lot of opportunities I know I have that God has has brought into my life because of the fact that I've disqualified myself not believing that Jesus has completely wiped away every sin past present and future and that I am accepted in the beloved I'm his son, I'm his child. Mm. So I believe that God is a good God. Yes. And I know that he rewards me because I diligently seek him. He's proven it over and over again. I mean, we've talked a lot of things about it. You know, I have all kinds of testimonies. But I know that he's a good God because of the way I got saved. I thought about it. So I actually got this revelation this week. So, you know, my... my uh, my uh, a testimony how I got saved mm-hmm. and you know what occurred to me now there's a lot of people don't know me or anything so I'll just give you just a real brief thing so I was a drug addict uh, I was hearing um, nine different voices nine distinct different voices all mm-hmm. speaking in a different language mm-hmm. in my head constantly and I was planning a murder at the time. Yeah. And I'm laying in my bed, 
And God came to me and spoke to me, and he said, your life as it is is over. Mm-hmm. In the next two weeks, everything changes. And that's kind of paraphrased. I don't remember it, but I remember the voice. Now, here's the, the revelation I got from this just the other day. I didn't seek him. Mm-hmm. He came to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew I was lost. I knew everything else, but God came to me. Yeah. I got out of my bed, and I said, uh, I told God, I says, if you get me out of this mess, I'll give you my life completely. I'll go anywhere you tell me to go, do anything you want me to do, basically is what I was saying. Got back in my bed, and that voice spoke to me again. It was loud. And it said, pray in Christ's name. And that's the way I grew up. You pray in Christ's name. Got on my knees, said, in Christ's name I pray. And my mind snapped back to itself. Mm. I quit all drugs, never went through withdrawal, never did another drug since. Mm. Unless it was prescription. Mm. And it was, uh, you know, by a doctor, but never for any kind of uh, recreational use. Mm-hmm. Completely changed my mind. But the big thing was, is God came to me and wanted me. And he gave me a measure of faith. I could feel the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, my house. Uh, I don't know how many days, a couple of weeks later, uh, all kinds of things started happening. He brought me by faith. I drove cross country to uh, Jacksonville, Florida. That was in liberal Kansas is where that happened. So there's all kinds of things that I have in my past that shows that. But God reaches out to us all the time to give us good gifts. Yes. God is, is constantly in it. And, you know, the funny thing is, and I've shared this before, I got, uh, I got to where I was trying to live by the law. Suddenly, started disqualifying myself. Came into a terrible state in my life where uh, not more than about six, well, in 2014, I guess. Uh, I was at a point where I was ready to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I knew I was never going to measure up. Yeah. And I would pray, I would pray to God driving down the road. And he would say, you know, I would sit there and say, guys, you know, deliver me from this. I don't know what to do. And I will, I'd only hear two words. Trust me. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm trying to trust you. I'm, what am I supposed to trust you for or anything else? It really comes down to something very simple. And I, again, this is a, this is basically a new revelation in the last in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Is just to trust in His goodness, mm-hmm. trust in His finished work and what He's already done. I was already delivered. I was already set free. I was already on top of the world. I just wasn't trusting that fact. So that's what faith is when it really comes down to it: trusting in the goodness of God. Not trusting in my ability to believe, to get myself out of trouble or anything else. Because I certainly could not get myself out of trouble. But when I started relying upon what God could do and what he does in his nature, mm-hmm. I started changing yeah. over and over again. And since I started coming to the church, uh, which is this is be about two years now, I guess, maybe three years, I can't even remember. I'm not the same person that I was when I first walked through the doors. I wasn't ready in 2014, but over a period of time, and uh, knowing that God loves you 
and that you can't jump, you know, he says that when you're in the Father's hands, you can't, nobody can pluck you out of it. Yes. But I've learned that you can't jump out of it either. Mm-hmm. Because his hand's over the top of it. He keeps you in there. When God gets a hold of you, he keeps you. And that's something that you can depend on. So if you don't think you have faith, you do. All you got to do is go back to receiving what it is. It's just as simple as when you receive Jesus. It all works. It's all the same faith. It's just putting your trust in God to, to take care of you, to deliver you, and that he wants to. And that it's all been taken care of. It's not really easy. Jesus says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's easy to bear. Mm-hmm. That's because there's, he carries the entire weight himself. And that's something that that you have faith in. It's not faith in, my leg is crippled and it, it needs to straighten out. Why am I not seeing it? I believe that when you believe that God has taken that and you start trusting him that he has borne that, the leg will come into place. The leg will straighten itself out. I don't know why I said that about a leg or a crump, and maybe there's somebody on the that's gonna listen to this podcast and will hear this. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not your decision, it's not your faith that makes you whole. Yeah. It's his faith that makes you whole. And it's you trusting in his faith. Mm-hmm. Because every measure of faith is given by God. It comes from God to begin with. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're required to do is to believe and trust in him, in his name. That's the faith that moves mountains. Mm-hmm. That's the faith that gets you healed. It's just believing in his goodness. And I think we stumble upon that a lot of times. And God just, you know, it's like he, he, he believed for a microsecond that it's me, boom, it's done. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, what did I do to get that? How did I get to do that? You know, if you go back and you think about it, you will find that that is the, that is probably, I say, I want to say probably, I believe firmly that is the reason. But it's at that time that you believe that God loved you enough and, and that he bore your, your sicknesses and your diseases. Mm-hmm. Somehow it got through, that seed got in there and it caused it to come to fruition. Mm. This is so good, Jim. And, you know, coming this year in 2021, I'm looking forward to the Jim Leonard podcast. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I'm not sure what it's going to be called yet, but I'm also looking forward to some video teaching content from from your ministry. So I'll be in prayer about that. I'm looking forward to it because I believe we're just hitting on a topic today that, that people need to hear about. I've personally adopted a new doctrinal statement. Okay, now I adopted it from my good, my good. Uh, well, he's not my friend yet. I hadn't met him yet, but Bill Johnson, love him to death. Okay, but he he has a he doesn't necessarily have a doctrinal statement. He does have core beliefs, and and they are as followed. Uh, starts with God is good. Yes. The next one is nothing is impossible. the third one is everything was paid for at the cross oh yes and the fourth one is we are significant yes yeah so that first one god is good it has to do with god's sovereignty i believe we over uh we we became way too theological when it comes to god's sovereignty in the church for for many, 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 many years. 
we we made God out to be this vast cosmic doom creator that lives way off in the galaxy that doesn't have an intimate relationship with us. Yes. We failed to see in scripture when he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So we carry his characteristics. God has feet, he has hands, he has a mind, he has a will, he has emotions. And we're his greatest creation, okay? Period. He sent Jesus to die for humans, right? So, but I love this verse of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one can boast. Man. It's for by grace you've been saved through that really funny. faith. That's, that was by, that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, I find it always amazing because that that chapter was what my devotion was this morning yeah. that I was reading. Yeah. It's how, he, how, we, how that he brings us into sync into the things it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. For by grace you've been saved through faith it's his grace that keeps us it's his grace that grows us it's his grace that showers over us as we as we walk with him um he's a he's a good god he as you as you alluded to earlier you know he puts these desires in our hearts he gives us these gifts and we discover through exploration many things we live in a kingdom we're supposed to enter this kingdom as a child and explore this kingdom and when i think about a child my my baby brother has a he has a two-year-old and he has custody of him a couple times a month and we get some time with him and when a two-year-old wakes up jim the first thing on their mind is exploration what can I get into today? What can I explore? You know, what room have I not looked at yet? What, you know, what have I not tried to throw across the room? It's, it's exploration. And so when Jesus grabbed a little child and said, Hey, I need you to come into the kingdom like this child. I need you to have childlike faith. I need you to be, I need you to maintain this childlikeness in your heart because why you live in a kingdom and guess what it's yours explore it we got on the topic of revelation of scripture in yesterday's podcast and about how we have to maintain that childlike faith in receiving new teachings revelatory teachings teachings that it may not make sense to you at first. It may be a little bit out there. It may be, you know, well, that's not in the stream of my theology. I just encourage listeners to see what, explore what's out there. There are some anointed teachers out there. Emma Stark, man, if you're wanting to operate in the prophetic, listen to her power, par R that she does from, from uh, where is she at? in scotland or is it scotland yeah yeah scotland. listen to her 
you know, her stuff, like there are revelatory teachers out there and I totally respect all the, all the commentators that I've studied through the years, you know, Schofield, Darby, Moody, Spurgeon, you know, um, Oswald Chambers. I res look, they, they all carried a revelation of scripture, scripture for their day, Jim. But guess what? There are teachers who are living and breathing and walking among us that carry revelatory levels of scripture knowledge that we can really buy into. But the only way to get into them is to have that childlike faith, right? That childlike faith. Here's another good scripture here, okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 5 that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What do you think about that verse of Scripture there? So say that one more time. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My original thoughts are this. Your faith isn't proven by the wisdom of men it's actually proven by the power of god yeah like your faith your the faith you carry it's not always proven in the wisdom of men in the in the wisdom of commentators it's proven in the power of god in your life in other words faith activates whatever's been activated in your life it's been because of faith so what are your thoughts on that well, I think that, uh, for one thing, uh, how do I put this? I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Yeah. So, we know that the wisdom of man is contrary to what the wisdom of God is. It says, mm. it says he says in the scripture, he says, look at your own calling, brethren. Yeah. Not many wise, not many noble, not many, you know, mm -hmm. uh, powerful people are called but those that are not because it's the wisdom of God of the preaching of the cross that all men are saved yeah so it's like the things that are that men consider wise are really such foolishness when it comes right down to it mm -hmm. and you know there's a thing you know that you hear people saying well I don't you know I won't believe it unless I see it yeah. Well, you won't see it unless you believe it. Yeah, yeah. We know that is scriptural Catch as far 22. as that goes. So, but, you know, when you were talking earlier, there's something that Bill Johnson, I, I give him the credit for, mm -hmm. and he brought it out, is that, you know, Jesus, Jesus said during his ministry, I can do nothing without the Father. Yeah, definitely. So if you think about that for a second, he could do nothing without the Father. So as a human being, in his, God took on the form of human flesh. Mm -hmm. As a human being, mm -hmm. he could not heal anybody. Mm -hmm. He could not perform any miracle. It was all through the Spirit of God. Yes. And, and, through, his, and through that power, he was just being obedient to what the Father told him. He says, I do what the Father... I say what the Father says. I do what the Father does. Mm -hmm. And when and when they, you know, he says, he says, I will show you the Father. And they said, well, show us the Father. You know, when they were, 
it's towards the last before he went there. He says, mm -hmm. have I been with you this long and you don't recognize me? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. he Powerful. Father. He was a father. But the big, the big thing was is that it's what Bill Johnson said. He modeled mm -hmm. what all believers can do. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. human. And it was through that relationship with the Father and mm. with the Holy Spirit that all the miracles were performed. Yeah. And yeah. he says, greater works will be than these will you do because I go into my Father. Mm -hmm. So I want to see some of those greater miracles. I mean, we've seen a lot. And I think looking back, you know, you, you know I was, I was uh, reading earlier about, uh, about some of the people, Amy Simple McPherson. Yeah. And, you know, John, uh, uh, John Lake, you know, uh, John G. Lake, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, Smith Wigglesworth, mm -hmm. all of those, I mean, there's a lot more, but all of those had something and it was relationship with the father who he believed it was. Yes. And getting closer to him. So I know in my own life, uh, in the last two years, I have watched things drop off that have just become distractions. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, for example, uh, the latest one that's to go is, uh, I basically have quit recording shows that I watch on TV. I work only so many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that I need to spend, that I, not that I need to, mm -hmm. I want to spend more time into getting to know my father. Yes. It's not because I have to. Mm -hmm. It's because I want to. I remember in a Bible study one time, a men's Bible study church I went to, and I said, you know, and this is when I was still going through all the stuff and the grief that I was having back in the book, because I still was seeking it and looking out, is that um, the thing that I said, and I have said this my whole Christian life, is the one thing I desire is to dwell in the presence of God. And I really, what I think I was saying was, is to host the presence of God. Mm -hmm. To be a vessel for him to use. And that is what I desire above everything else. It doesn't matter what I live in, I could care less. What I drive, I could care less. What I eat, I could care less. If I could have just a taste, or more of a taste, because he has given me a taste, of what he is and who he is and how much he loves him. Everything else pairs, pales in comparison to it. The love of God is so overwhelming. Mm. But yet, it's I, I can't get enough of it. I need more. I want more. And it's not just because I want to feel his presence. Right. I want him to be able to minister through me. Yes. I... I had, uh, uh, back in uh, 91, actually it was 1991, used to have uh, meetings over at my house, little little, uh, little home meetings. And I operated in the, in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, it was some pretty mighty stuff back those days. This was that long time ago. Mm -hmm. Don't know near as much as I do now. And one of the things that I had, I've always wanted was to see great miracles. I'm talking about, I mean, you, you name it, I want to see it. Limbs being restored, things like that. People healed of cancer, people getting out of wheelchairs. The things that I've read about in other people's ministries, 
Yes. And I was, I was sitting there hearing this, and God, that same voice, which has spoken to me many times, spoke to me, and he says, he says, if you trust me, you will see these things happen. And the implication was, is that it would be through my prayers and, or through through whatever the Lord directed me to do. Those can be. And you know what I did? I mean, it was powerful. I mean, it was overwhelming. You know what I did? What's that? I, pan- I panicked. Mm. I absolutely freaked out. And the reason I did was is because I didn't know if I could trust him. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a crazy thing. But my vision and the way I looked at God was he was he was just waiting to find something wrong with me and squash me. Right. And that's the way it was taught by that theology that you had mentioned. And mm-hmm. that was in 91. Mm-hmm. But I, what I did do the next day, I said, God, because I'd learned this a long time ago, I don't know how I can trust you. Yeah. But I'm willing to. So this last year, within the last 14 months, 15 months, our time goes by, I can't keep track of it. Mm-hmm. I finally told the Lord, I trust you. Yes. I trust you completely. And it took, well, that was in 91. This is 1920. That's what, uh, almost 29 years? Or say 28 years, just to make it, you know, 27, 28 years. It took me to come to that point. That's a, that is a sad fact on me. But, you know, I had a lot of things, <laughs> had a lot of things that I had to that I had to work out of there. He started working on me when I came out when I got up here to Washington. And what he showed me was that how much he could be trusted. Mm-hmm. How much he would do. He didn't just expect me to trust him. He did, but he's proven that he can be trustworthy in everything he's done in my life. Amen. Yes. And so I trust him with my life completely. Mm-hmm. And I trust him to do what he said he would do. And I fully expect to see the things that he has, he has told me would happen. Mm-hmm. And I trust him. But it's not about it's not about the things. Yes. It's about the relationship that I have with my father, which is still not as close as I want it to be. So in the last two years... Uh, which I, and I just want you to I just must say this the things that I'm saying I, uh, I never did in excess mm-hmm. and I don't believe that these necessarily are a sin not as, unless they're a sin to you mm-hmm. and I still don't think they are mm-hmm. I quit drinking wine mm-hmm. I quit drinking beer mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not saying that I couldn't go back and do it and I know this is probably going to kick some sacred cows over but it's not because I am trying to be holy. Yeah. It's because I don't have the desire for it. Yeah. Anything that become, <laughs> that that could come or take the place of my father has lost its power, its its hold on. And those are the things where it says that you know it says you know you obey the law you know and you don't commit sin. Mm-hmm. This is what he talks about in Romans. You know, in Romans seven. 
in Romans 8, which I've spent, I've spent a week just going back over and over Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Yeah. And I love the translation in the, in the, uh, the translation that's in the, uh, uh, passion. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Mm. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Mm. Yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity, God's son, gave his body to be the sin offering so that God would once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So Mm. that power of sin that keeps us going back to do the same thing over again, over and over again, Mm. that it talks about in Romans 7, and he says, who will deliver Paul says, because he suffered the same things. He discovered this on his own. He walked before us. He says, who shall deliver me from this body of sin of death? Mm-hmm. Thank God through Jesus Christ. Yes. Now I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to deliver this stuff. But, you know, it, it all comes down to what we've been all talking about, faith. So what is faith? Faith is believing and trusting in the mercy and his faithfulness, not in my ability to make things happen. Because when we trust and put our lives in his hand. That is faith. And that is the faith that moves mountains. Yes. Yes. That's good, Jim. And on the topic of faith, you know, it goes right into what you'd mentioned earlier in Jesus's earthly ministry. Now, through the years, we've had we've had several sacred cows set up in, in regard to different teachings. And here's the deal. Jesus is God, correct? No doubt. He's eternally God. He was there in the beginning. Uh, He helped, you know, he created the heavens and the earth, all of that stuff. But he said plainly in John 5, verse 19, he said this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does the Son also does. Jesus is eternally God. He was there in the beginning when the heavens and the earth were created, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a basic doctrine for most biblically sound Christian churches. It's also true that Jesus emptied himself of his power as God to become a man. He took on human flesh. This is the mystery This is one of the mysteries that we've had to unpack through the centuries about Jesus. He maintained a perfect relationship with the Father and was baptized with the Holy Spirit. We enjoy now while on earth. All the miracles he performed, the healing, the raising of the dead, the cleansing of lepers, casting out of demons were performed as a man in right relationship to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. He normal he, he modeled normal Christianity. He modeled a lifestyle of which he would later say 
greater works than these you will do. He told his disciples often and plainly, I can do nothing of myself. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us in our right relationship with the Father that we can defeat the powers of darkness. This is important revelation to carry for the New Testament believers. If Jesus performed miracles and did everything he did in his ministry as God, we are still in amazement. But with this amazement, we are simply spectators to God's wonders. If we believe that Jesus lived a lifestyle possible for every believer, then we're invited to access his realms of power and authority. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 tells us to go into all the world and make disciples. We are to teach people to do the exact same thing Jesus did. We may never reach the level of supernatural result that Jesus demonstrated with the help of the Holy Spirit while here on earth, but we do not have the convenience of changing our commission. Now, I just want to share that with our listeners because I'll just be honest with you, Jim. For years, we looked at Jesus' earthly ministry as spectators, didn't we? We, we, were, we, we were like, hey, he's, he's Jesus, you know? I can never, you know, I can never do those things. But Jim, when he tells us greater works than these you will do, he said it plainly to his disciples. He wasn't trying to trick us, right? He was just being plain. And so now we're ushered in, we're summoned to this lifestyle where anything's possible. And oh, by the way, that's another quote from Jesus when he said anything's possible. So, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, uh, it's amazing at the uproar you get from that basic teaching of Christianity. But as when Jesus died, rose again, went to be with the Father, he told him to wait in Jerusalem. He said, don't go anywhere until you've been empowered for your ministry. And after they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what do we see? Peter didn't just heal people. His shadow healed people. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, amazing. Hey, so you said something there I wanna, uh, that I want to bring out because the reason is when I heard it, it sparked something in me uh, that has always been a problem and this is I think is it, 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 it speaks of what I was talking about before about our relationship with the father mm-hmm. he says those who are in right relationship with God mm-hmm. so what does it mean to be in right relation to God mm-hmm. who is in right what determines whether we're in relationship right relationship with God mm-hmm. can we be out of right relationship with God so I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna kick a uh, another one of the sacred cows right now. Yeah, go ahead. That's why so, people love podcasts. It's an actual. Yeah. It's a podcast. Cast is actually a a a proper representation of a real conversation. Yeah. So here's the thing about right relationship. I shared a little bit about you know the things that I did. I mean I. I mean, I was having a lot of problems with sins in my life and everything else. Was I out of right relationship with God? And I'm going to tell you, this will blow your mind. Mm -hmm. No, it was not. Mm -hmm. I was messed up. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. 
But if, remember that thing I said, it's impossible for you, for something to snatch you out of the Father's hands. And I had to go back because this tormented me so. Yeah. And this is the reason why I was ready to commit suicide is because I felt like I was no longer in right relationship with God because I was sinning. And I couldn't stop myself. I had become addicted. So mm -hmm. the thing about it is, is that God never gave up on me. Well, if I was out of right relationship with him, mm -hmm. he would have given up. He would have given up on me and I would have been out. I mean, I even thought maybe that I committed the unpardonable sin. And that's a whole other subject that I that I come to, come to grips with. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I'll just say this right now. It's impossible if you're a Christian to commit the unpardonable sin. Because the only thing that's unpardonable is that you don't receive Jesus as Lord. And seeing as you've already received Jesus as Lord, you can't commit it. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Very yeah. simple. Yeah. And we're going to end on this. I, yeah. I, I like, you know, I, I keep going back to Ephesians 2.8. It says, for by grace... You've yep. been saved. So you've been saved by grace. Yep. Wow. Not and, by your works. and what's the activation of that grace? It says through faith. That's so, right. So faith, your faith activated the grace that saved you. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're, I, you you're saved because of grace and your faith activated it. So... You didn't earn your own salvation. I mean, it goes back to the, you know, this this whole discussion about salvation in and among the church world for for many you know many years. You know, we're saved by grace. It's God's unmerited favor. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. Our faith activated it. And I'll give you, I'll kick it back to you one more time, then we're going to close. We've we've been at it for an hour. Okay. So what I was going to say is, is that um, the thing about the thing about it is, is this is this is a uh, this is out to Mike Brantley. Mm -hmm. He told me this one time. I lived with him in a big Jesus house when I first gotten saved, mm -hmm. and I was uh, under a year old in the Lord. And I used to when I when I mess up, I felt so bad. I felt like you know Aaron. He said, you know, the reason that you feel bad is you wonder if you somehow lost it. The reason you feel so bad is proof that you love God. Yeah. Or otherwise, it wouldn't it wouldn't affect you to begin with. Exactly. That is in itself is the faith. Is that I believe that God saved me, and I was disappointed that I had, you know, I was getting beat. I beat myself up because I somehow thought I had, I had, you know, uh, how do you say it? You know, I let him down. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. But you know what he he told me? He says, you know, Jesus saw you was going. The Father saw you were going to do this before you got saved. You haven't surprised him at all. Mm. And so this is this whole thing is you're saved from God when Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And he says, well, you know, some of the saints for future sins. Well, you know, once you get saved, it's for future sins. you got to go back. Well, that's, well, you know what? Jesus died 2,000 years ago. Everything I've done and will do is in the future. Or you, 
whoever mm-hmm. I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. So the point is, is from the time that you're born to the time that you die is your entire life. Once you receive Jesus, whether it's in the middle of it or in the beginning of it or at the end of it, all sins are erased in your entire lifetime. The only thing the Father sees is Jesus mm. because you are now in him seated on the heavenly throne with him. It says we are him seated in high places. That is your place. And we are to awaken to know who we are and what we are in Jesus. And that is faith, but it's not faith in what we do. It's faith of who he is and what he has done. Mm. Put your faith there. That's where the faith comes from. That's good, Jan. That's good stuff. I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to have a, a prayer of decision for you know anybody who's who's listening and and uh, has come to the realization that they need Jesus as Lord and Savior. Um, in life, you know, we can easily become intimidated by circumstances. We become intimidated by pandemics, politics, economics, and the basic challenge of life. We become impressed with the size of our problem rather than introducing our problem to the size of our faith. We often live under a blanket of insecurity, doubt, and fear. This is, of course, against our design. We were created for impact. We were created to rule and reign. We were created to carry transformational presence into society. We were created to carry faith. We were commissioned to bring heaven to earth, to pull heavenly resources into our earthly reality to establish his kingdom, to kick out the works of darkness and establish the king's dominion. The God we serve is bigger and more powerful than our problems. The Bible gives us countless examples of faith's supremacy. We've been on the topic of faith today. We've had Prophet Jim Leonard with us. Thank you so much, sir, for being a guest. And why don't you just lead us in a prayer of decision for someone out there who's listening any way the Lord leads you to. I know there's someone out there, I can I can sense it, and the things that's been said and it's been struck in your heart, and I think there's a man out there, when I mentioned the, uh, the leg, you have a problem with the leg, and what I see is, is it's like it was broken right in the center, and it's like pushed out, you kind of walk the leg. I want you to just, right now, is just receive your healing, that God loves you, just, that's all you got to do is, Believe that God loves you, that Jesus heals you, and that it's going to, that He's healing it right now. You feel a burning sensation in your leg, and it is. I see a woman out there that is that has been devastated by abuse in her life, by disapproval of her family or parents, and things. But they don't know the secrets in your life. But Jesus knows those secrets. Jesus sees you. Mm-hmm. Jesus understands and he cares for you. And he wants you to come to him now and receive him because he is going to heal you of all the things that you've gone through. He is going to deliver you from the circumstances that you're in right now. I see a, a boy that's listening to this. It's kind of amazing, but 
You're 11 years old. You got sandy blonde hair and you got blue eyes. If that's you, he's got plans for your life and he wants you to just receive him now and just to trust in him. He's going to direct you and guide you. People are going to think you're crazy sometimes, Mm. but you'll know that he's with you and he's for you. Mm. And if this has reached anybody out there that you think that you can't make it, that's impossible for God to love you, Mm. I can tell you from my own experiences that there's nothing that you can do or could have done or could do that God can't deliver you from. I know that for a fact. Yes. I know that I've walked in that. I, am, I used to say I would uh, never reach 25 years old that I would die. I was 24 when I received Jesus, and I was right. I did die because I died 2,000 years ago on a cross. Mm. My sin was the one that nailed Jesus to the cross. He took it all. Mm. And I was born again as a new man in 1976. You can be born again new. That's what it talks about. Something new. Something incredible happens on the inside of you. You become a new man. A new creature. A new creation created in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if you want to start over, if you want to come back, if you've lost, just follow us in this prayer. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We give our lives to you completely and freely. We change our minds about you, that you're a good God, that you're not a bad God, and that you will reward us because we diligently seek your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And we know that you pour out upon us what you said you would. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for giving all our sins in the name of Jesus. We thank you for coming and living inside of us in the name of Jesus. There's one other thing I want to say. When I was in that time is that I was, um, when I got saved, I was reading in the 14th chapter of John, and, and Jesus talks about the comforter. He says he's the Holy Spirit. He comes and reveals himself to you, and that he's a comforter. He's a, he's a, a lawyer, as to say, against all the thoughts of stuff in. I do no better than just to ask for the comforter. So right now, I want you to ask for Jesus to send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to guide you and lead you in all truth, because that's what he said he would do. So the things that we've shared today will become truth to you, and that you will grow in this, and you will become what you have called. I call everybody else that's out there to, to awaken in the name of Jesus, to who you are in Christ, that you are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. If you don't think you can hear his voice, Jesus said you could if you believe in him. He says, my sheep know my voice, and those of a stranger will not follow. So don't let these doubts and and things come against you. If you happen to kick a few sacred cows over, better better you are for it. Just know that you can follow Jesus. He will Mm. always guide you. He will always direct you. Mm. And we thank you, Father, for doing that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jim. If you were blessed, if you were blessed with this podcast, please share it with others. I declare blessings on you, your family, your children, and your children's children to the thousandth generation. God has plans to prosper you. Remember, you were created 
for impact as you learn more about your biblical identity, purpose, and destiny. God bless you is our prayer, and we'll see you on the next episode.